program for SACPA in Southern Alberta. My name is Susan Giffen and I will be your moderator for this afternoon. Please remember to turn off your cell phones. That's number one. So we will run a program of a talk for 25 to 30 minutes that we will have lunch. Please let the speaker go first for this lunch and then we will have a question and answer period at the end of that. We'd like to thank um, SACP, our Shaw Spotlight Records, records the SACPA presentations and uses excerpts from the PowerPoint for their daily broadcasts. If there is one, and I believe today there is no PowerPoint, you will pay $14 for your meal. There is a little cup on the table. Please put your money in, take change as you need it. And we would like then to welcome David to come and talk. He's going to talk about Alberta politics, budgets and pipelines, the Alberta Liberal Party perspective. People in Alberta do worry about public spending, deficits and growing debt. And we're going to hear how the Alberta Liberals would make things go better in Alberta. David Kahn is the leader of the Alberta Liberal Party and has been such since June of 2017. He's a strong believer in liberal values, individual rights and freedoms, and equality and opportunity for all. Please welcome David to the podium and he will tell us how it is. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks for the great turnout. It's wonderful be, to be down here in, in uh, beautiful and sunny Lethbridge. It's such a great drive down from Calgary, too. It's so beautiful. Always struck by how beautiful the drive is and, and, and coming into Lethbridge, too. I want to begin by acknowledging that we are on Treaty 7 territory, uh, the traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. And as an Indigenous rights lawyer, that's very, uh, the recognition is very important to me. Uh, and meaningful that we that we recognize that and do more of course but but recognition is is the first step and very important I'm very honored to be here today in Lethbridge to talk to you all about the Alberta Liberals forward-thinking vision for Albertans and for this province it's incredible incredible to see so many engaged Albertans who want to make a difference you are here to learn more about what our party stands for and how you can be part of making life better in this province I'd like to thank the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs for putting on this event and for all the work you do. In a time of partisan political rhetoric, it is important to have substantive organizations such as yours guiding our democratic discourse in a more civil direction. People that care and are trying to create solutions with a positive, respectful, and thoughtful approach. Alberta faces the challenges of a changing world. Global political power dynamics are shifting. Technology is developing rapidly. We are entering what people are uh, calling the fourth industrial revolution. Climate change is an ever-present looming threat to our way of life. Alberta's energy sector is changing in the face of these new technologies and new economic pressures. Our agricultural industry will face both new opportunities and new challenges. Alberta's other political parties are increasingly focused on short-term planning, 
That's great for getting votes, but not for future generations. This is a big problem. Alberta Liberals are different. We are committed to forward-thinking vision for our province. We want to shift our political dialogue to long-term thinking. That strategy is rooted in our party's core values of freedom of the individual, equality of opportunity for all, and fairness to future generations. Today I want to share with you some of my priorities as leader of the Alberta Liberal Party. Uh, priorities like the province's finances, the environment, our education system, health care, and mental health, and of course the economy. I want to just begin by uh, talking about the province's finances. The current forecasted deficit for this year is $7.8 billion, uh, probably going to be higher now with this price differential uh, uh, crisis, and we're currently on track for almost $100 billion in debt in just two years, uh, the 2021-22 fiscal year, or two or three years. That's according to the most recent parliamentary budget officer in Ottawa who does a uh, uh, issues a report every year on, uh, on the sustainability of, the pro of all the provinces and the federal government's finances. Now those are really scary numbers. I do want to point out that Alberta still has the, uh, the best debt to GDP ratio in the nation. But breaking down what these figures actually mean is really difficult. Both the NDP and the UCP run these numbers through their political spin machines. The NDP claim the economy is recovering and the financial figures are improving. The UCP claim the economy is on life support and the debt and deficit numbers are catastrophic. So what is the true financial picture? The NDP approach is to essentially whistle past the financial graveyard, to continue to spend with the assumption that a pipeline will be built and resource royalties will rebound to eliminate the deficit much further down the road. Noted economist Trevor Toom uh, just uh, last week at the University of Calgary School of Public Policy released an extensive report on Alberta's finances and he project a $40 billion deficit by, 20, deficit by 2040 if nothing is done. I just want to point out that's about 15, $14 or $15 in today's dollars, so, so not to freak out, but, but that's a very large deficit to be, to be, uh, uh, to, to be projecting at, by 2040. Today, the projected annual interest payments to service our massive NDP debt are over $3 billion. That's over $3 billion each and every year. That is money being sent to banks and financial institutions that should be spent on Albertans. It should be paying to build new schools, roads, and hospitals. Not a penny of those interest payments are improving the lives of anyone in this room. We should not tolerate our government being so financially reckless with our money. We have a moral obligation to not leave this shocking financial burden to future generations. The option on the right would be even more painful. The UCP is threatening to make deep, savage cuts that will impact all Albertans. They're not doing this because they're prudent fiscal managers. They're doing it because they're ideologues, determined to cut at any cost. Make no mistake, there will be severe cuts and costs, and Albertans will, fear, will feel each and every cut. Alberta had no debt a generation ago, but if you recall, the, the Klein-era PC government balanced the books on the backs of the people by creating a massive infrastructure and social debt we're still trying to address today. Albertans do not want to go back to that. 
But Albertans do not have to choose between Jason Kenney's harsh austerity or the NDP's reckless spending. There is a third option. The Alberta Liberals have a plan that is financially responsible. Alberta Liberals have a moderate, balanced approach to Alberta's finances. We will make targeted cuts. We will freeze spending based on value for money audits of government department budgets, which I'll touch on a bit later. It's not just about spending less, it's about spending a lot more wisely. We will not cut with a chainsaw, but we will cut with a scalpel. Our strategy is to shift where we spend to make taxpayers' dollars go further. We want a strong return on our investments. We will spend in areas that improve economic productivity like infrastructure and education. We will also spend in areas that drive down long-term costs like preventative care and poverty reduction initiatives. We are prepared to aggressively tackle spending in areas like the AHS Alberta healthcare bureaucracy or the bloated depart government department formerly known as the Public Affairs Bureau, which employs hundreds of people to issue uh, government uh, press releases supporting government initiatives. A recent report shows that Albertans pay the highest health care costs in Canada. It amounts to $713 more per capita on health care than the Canadian average. That, it's about 10% more than the rest of Canada. The total amount is a staggering $3 billion more per year. If that amount was cut, it would reduce our deficit by 40%. Alberta taxpayers are not getting value for their money, we believe, in the healthcare system. And, and fundamentally, again, this is about sustainability and fairness for future generations. Alberta Liberals will ensure that young Albertans, when they become adults, will not be drowning in debt from today's choices. And an unfortunate example of the waste and inefficiency in our healthcare system can be found in our EMS system, and it's an issue that we've been working hard to, to bring to light and, and correct. You, you may have heard Alberta EMS sp staff are spending 653,000 hours a year waiting to transfer their patients uh, to the ER when, they're when they arrive there. This is, uh, includes 135,000 hours of double time overtime hours per year. On top of driving up costs, this created 35 red alerts per month across the province on average. That means 35 times a month there are no ambulances to respond to emergencies. Uh, and most of these are in the southern Alberta region, including Calgary and southern Alberta. This is one example of part of the healthcare system that is being mismanaged in such a way that we are spending more to get less done. Albertans, Alberta Liberals put forward solutions to deal with the crisis this fall, and I'm happy to say the NDP and, and uh, Health Minister Hoffman have uh, eventually and belatedly recently decided to implement some of our, uh, some of our solutions, including uh, uh, hiring paramedics to be in those emergency rooms to take those patients off the hands of those crews so they can get, off, get out on the road and deal with the next 911 call. I also want to talk about the importance of mental health and addictions, and you know that our uh, MLA, uh, Dr. David Swan, is also very passionate and an expert on this issue. I want to share with you two very serious and troubling statistics. One in five adults in Canada have had or will suffer from a mental illness. And on average, two Albertans a day 
are dying from opioid or overdoses, two Albertans a day. Clearly, mental health and addictions issues are affecting a large and growing number of Albertans in very serious ways. But less than 6% of the over $20 billion we spend in our healthcare system is spent on mental health and addiction services and, and treatments. And this is, is really absolutely unacceptable for our, the long-term health of our, of our province and its citizens. This, and it's also not smart budgeting. It's a poor healthcare strategy. It's short-term, and we're failing to address the serious issues in our society that have the potential to destroy many lives. And if you're just concerned about economic issues and productivity, they, they are a massive drag on, uh, on our economy and, and on the productivity of our workforce. We're, we're also putting, of course, a greater burden on our health care system down the road when these issues aren't treated and addressed up front. When mental health and addictions issues go unaddressed in the short term, they often lead to greater health issues in the long run. Tackling the issues of mental health and addictions is going to be incredibly challenging. But we have a roadmap. We can actually implement the recommendations of Alberta's Valuing Mental Health Report from 2016, which was chaired by our Alberta Liberal MLA, Dr. David Swan. Yet, despite commissioning this report, the NDP government has failed to act aggressively on it or implement most of its recommendations. Recommendations and study are good, they're an important and necessary first step, but action in the end is better. So let's invest in the treatment people need. Let's invest in safe injection sites along with increased public uh, uh, police and, uh, and supervision of the affected areas. And let's invest in combating the opioid epidemic and as aggressively as possible by finally declaring it a state of public emergency. The NDP government has refused to do so. BC government has done so. The Blood Tribe Reserve has done so. Other jurisdictions have. We need to recognize this as a public health state of emergency and, and act accordingly. And financial sustainability in healthcare is very important, but so is environmental sustainability. Protecting our environment is not that much different from managing our finances. Both need to be rooted in a commitment to make good decisions today so there is a bright future for the Alberta of tomorrow. Let's talk about what's on uh, every Albertan's mind these days, which is the carbon tax. Liberals believe in free market principles. We believe in environmental responsibility, including the serious threat of man-made global warming and an overpopulated planet of finite resources. Based on those principles, we support putting a price on carbon. We are not going to solve the global warming crisis with a top-down government approach. We need a multitude of bright minds working on solutions to reduce emissions. A carbon tax creates an incentive for industry and scientists to work on these solutions and help safeguard our climate. But let me be clear, Alberta Liberals do not support the NDP government's version of the carbon tax. They promised Albertans that this would be a revenue neutral tax. Instead, the NDP government used some of those carbon tax dollars for the general revenue and a lot of it for wasteful programs like sending in crews to change your light bulbs, something we can all go to Rona and get, uh, and get those energy efficient light bulbs and put them in ourselves. Safeguarding our environment isn't just about greenhouse gas emissions, however. We can't forget about other important issues like 
preserving biodiversity and protecting our water supplies. And, and water obviously is a very important issue for you folks down here in southern Alberta. Headwaters are a significant environmental priority for Alberta Liberals. They provide Alberta with 75% of its water supplies, and this is more than just the water we use for daily for bathing, cooking, and drinking. It's water we use for agricultural ir irrigation. It's water that is used in the oil and gas industry. It's used in our industrial and manufacturing sectors. And we took a strong stand against the clear cutting the NDP has allowed in the uh, 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 eastern slopes of the Rockies in the Kananaskis area because those are critical areas for, for maintaining the, the quality of our water and to address the flooding that, that devastated Calgary and southern Alberta just a few years ago. Water is critical uh, to our province's biodiversity, to our way of life, and to our economy. We must manage and preserve this resource in a sustainable and responsible way. To do this, we need to consult with stakeholders and develop recommendations for a long-term land use strategy that will serve Alberta's environmental and economic interests. There is an issue that crosses boundaries into both the environment and fiscal realms. And I'm going to uh, talk to right, uh, now about Alberta's unfunded oil sands and oil well reclamation liabilities. This has been top of mind in, in the media in the last few weeks by extensive uh, investigations by the Globe and Mail and uh, a consortium of the National Observer, Global, uh, Global News, and uh, Star Metro. Albertans have been given two radically different estimates of the costs involved in this cleanup, and both are really staggering and concerning to all of us. One is off the charts. The NDP government has claimed that the liability set at a staggering $58.7 billion. That is shocking because we have only collected $1.6 billion from industry to pay the bill. It works out to less than 3% of that, of that uh, nearly $60 billion estimate. That should be, in and of itself should be a major concern for Albertans. However, the actual number could be a more heart-stopping $260 billion plus. That is based on private comments made by a senior official with AER and, and the government's top expert in the area, the Alberta Energy Regu Regulator's Vice President of Closure and Liabilities. He made those comments in, in a private uh, uh, meeting with industry in uh, February of this year, I believe. With numbers like that, it's no wonder the Auditor General in his Ju July 2015 report raised red flags about the inadequacy of the Mine Financial Security Program. And why has this problem been allowed to grow out of control in this manner? The Conservative government had over 40 years to take appropriate steps. The NDP government has had four years. They have both failed us. Uh, we called for an emergency debate uh, two weeks ago in the Alberta legislature, and both parties uh, uh, refused to uh, support that motion, uh, characterizing our, our uh, emergency uh, debate motion as not urgent. But here's what we as Alberta Liberals are proposing. To mandate energy companies purchase reclamation and cleanup bonds as insurance against the possibility of this financial tsunami rolling over Alberta taxpayers and our, and our children and grandchildren. I'm pleased to say that on Monday, uh, Energy Minister Margaret McQuaid-Boyd uh, finally announced the NDP would uh, examine this urgent issue. She didn't give any timelines or any specific solutions, but we're very pleased that we've got the government to, to sit up and take notice of this. We 
also recognize that these are challenging times for the energy industry facing rock bottom oil prices. But the principle at hand here is that the polluter must pay. Alberta taxpayers should not be on the hook. We can't expose Albertans to this kind of fiscal liability. And I want to reiterate that it's not just the environment or our, our, our fiscal situation or our provincial budget or future generations that are at risk. It's the very viability of a, a sustainable oil and gas industry. We recently had uh, companies invested with, by Chinese investors fold up, go bankrupt and send uh, thousands of orphan wells into the Orphan Well Association, uh, to, uh, which, which uh, puts that liability on all the viable oil and gas energy producers in Alberta, especially the homegrown ones, the ones that we know are responsible and are going to be here. So we, so we need to address this for the good of our, of, of our oil and gas industry too, for the future of it. But I want to, uh, to move on to something more positive and move away from the, fr from the doom and gloom and talk about the optimism of education. Education is the learning our children receive, it's the values we impart to them as a society, and it's the strength and competitive competitiveness of our future workforce. Education is our promise as a society that every citizen will have a chance to succeed. We as a society are not fulfilling that promise until our education system is at its best. Now again, previous conservative governments clearly didn't share this vision. Alberta's education system was not adequately funded even during the times of economic prosperity, when government coffers were in surplus. Classrooms were overcrowded. We didn't build enough schools, and I think you'll recall even when they were announcing schools to be built, they kept re-announcing the same uh, schools uh, uh, year after year. Many of them were, were not built or were re-announced several times for political uh, gain. Conservatives in this way failed Albertan student, Alberta students and teachers. They also did not pro properly address curriculum updates, inclusivity, or mental health supports. But we have seen some positive initiatives from the NDP government. But it has been a narrow set of achievements I'll, I'll put to you. Look at the most recent budget. While capital projects are getting attention and they were much needed to by the massive infrastructure deficit left by previous conservative governments, we're seeing operational spending effectively cut. The NDP increased operational spending on education by only 1.8% in the last budget. That falls far short of the 3.5% projected increase in population plus in uh, growth plus inflation. So this effectively means a cut in operational spending. This challenge is of course worsened by the increasingly complex nature of today's classrooms with growing numbers of English as a second language learners and students with disabilities and special needs. Classroom sizes are another fail. For 15 years, Alberta has consistently failed to meet its own classroom size guidelines. Alberta liberals say 15 years is too long for our, for our children to wait, and these guidelines are not enough. That is why we are committing to implementing flexible and regional, but mandatory classroom size caps and the funding necessary to meet those goals. Of equal importance, we fully support the Audit Auditor General's recommendation to better monitor how money is being spent to reduce class sizes. That, this is not a problem just of funding. It's a problem of how we, that money is being spent. 
We want to spend that money on frontline resources, on teachers, on educational assistance, on, on classroom supports, on students. Alberta Liberals have taken a major leadership role on the classroom issue, on a classroom issue that affects both students and teachers. I am referring to inclusive education. In recent months, a growing chorus of concerned parents have raised issues around the treatment of students with special needs. We need to ensure the needs of these students are being met. That means making sure that money is being effectively spent on the creation of implementation and implementation of individualized education plans and positive behavior intervention supports for these students. The issue here, the specific issue here is these, the use of these euphemistic, euphemistically called uh, uh, seclusion rooms or isolation rooms that are being used wantonly by, by uh, teachers and school systems to, uh, uh, f uh, with respect to children with special needs. These should be only used at a, at a, a very uh, uh, critical time. They should, the parents should have given consent and there should be mandatory guidelines for the use of these uh, so-called seclusion rooms. So we've been pushing Minister Egan to implement those guidelines across the province to address this, this uh, really concerning issue. A inclusive education also needs to consider mental health. We need to ensure that we are meeting the needs of students struggling with mental health issues and those at risk of developing them. Crucial to this is an emphasis on early intervention. 70% of adults with mental health issues had recognizable signs in childhood that were inadequately assessed and treated. We need to be addressing these issues early. It is critical that every child receive the support they need to succeed in our schools and the world that awaits them upon graduation. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about post-secondary education, especially in a place like Lethbridge here with two very strong post-secondary education uh, institutions. Our post-secondary institutions are critical to Alberta's future, both when they serve as institutions of edu education and institutions of research. I know there's a lot of great research in the agricultural sector that has come out of the, uh, the U of uh, L and Lethbridge College. It is the pure research of universities, not guided by commercial interests, that makes the impossible possible. The knowledge we gain from pure research creates opportunities that make uh, that were previously unimaginable. The commercially driven research of universities also plays a vital role in, all, in our economy, helping to make Alberta a highly competitive global hub of innov innovation. Alberta liberals will support this research. This re research is critical to reducing energy and water usage in the oil sands to make them more environmentally sustainable. It's critical to developing a more sustainable and, and profitable agricultural industry and safeguarding our, our water supplies. So this kind of research is absolutely critical. We'll also support our students. Our economic future isn't just our resources, it's our people. Post-secondary education remains one of the best ways to invest in them. A skilled workforce is the key to a strong economy that can keep pace with new technologies and challenges. I'm pleased to see that the NDP has moved to uh, working with post-secondary education institutions for predictable longer-term funding over a four or five-year cycle so they can properly plan and their students can properly plan for a four-year degree and, and, and know what they've got to pay. We need to work with uh, educators and post-secondary institutions to make education 
more accessible and to ensure our programs meet the wants and needs of Albertans and the demands of the global economy. Education is a top priority for Alberta Liberals. We would invest and innovate while other political parties would make deep and harmful cuts or be satisfied with a lackluster status quo. Even in these trying fiscal and economic times, Alberta Liberals understand that an investment in education is an investment in Alberta's future. Education and healthcare are the two biggest line items in the Alberta budget. But how do we protect these services that Albertans need without piling on more and more debt? Alberta Liberals believe one of the most effective strategies, as I mentioned, is value for money audits. AHS, more than any other part of the government, needs a top to bottom value for money audit. We need to find the waste and the mismanagement and we need to be brave enough to cut it. It won't be easy, but this has to be done. We're spending over $20 billion on this, on this system. I recently read that wait times are skyrocketing and as I said, there's issues like uh, the mismanagement of the EMS system that's costing us tens of millions of dollars. Alberta Liberals believe, uh, however, finding waste is only one part of the solution. We also need to change the focus of how we deliver care. Our healthcare system is reactive. It's so preoccupied on treating the sick that we fail to put resources into making people, uh, sure people don't get sick in the first place. We all remember the phrase, an ounce of pre uh, prevention is worth a pound of cure. It is so appropriate, appropriate in this scenario. We need to shift our focus into initiatives such as nutrition, exercise and preventative care. It's much more cost effective to keep people healthy than to treat people when after they've become sick. I want to finish by discussing arguably the most important topic, Alberta's economy. Alberta Liberals are a party that believes that you can be pro-government and pro-markets. We support strong, practical and efficient social programs to protect vulnerable Albertans and to meet that equality of opportunity goal. We also believe in letting market forces guide and build our economy. We don't want to regulate when it is not necessary. We don't want costly boondoggles or government vanity projects that claim to create jobs. We believe in listening to industry and making sure we create a climate where entrepreneurs th thrive. Alberta Liberals believe in cooperation and consensus with the private sector to build a better Alberta. We will enact new policies, including helping new entrepreneurs with a temporary income tax base break for small business startups, and businesses that are most likely to fail in their first few years. We want to make sure that new businesses have a chance to grow into sustainable enterprises in those formative years. Alberta's energy industry is Alberta's golden goose, but we're losing up to $80 million a day with the oil price differential, which is simply not acceptable. We can't continue to see more job losses and economic hardship. Both past federal conservative governments and the current federal liberal government are guilty of cutting corners on consultation with the Trans Mountain Pipeline. I've spoken out against this rhetoric, against the dramatic uh, political games of, of uh, banning VC wine imports or threatening to cut off oil exports to BC, none of which have gotten this pipeline built. We want to focus on constructive solutions. We also need well-paying, secure jobs. We need the revenue to pay for social programs, and we'll work with stakeholders to get this project built. Let me be clear, we support the Trans Mountain Pipeline, Keystone XL, and as I said, getting uh, energy to markets in the east. We want to uh, support our energy industry to be the most environmentally responsible in the world. However, these are long-term solutions. 
There is no quick fix for the short-term crisis of the energy differential. And we need to uh, uh, address diversification, as you've very well done here in southern Alberta with your strong agricultural sector and, and weathering the financial downturn much better than the rest of the province. Uh, tourism also is a really important uh, aspect of this. Alberta must develop new industries, new markets, and new revenue sources to get off this revenue roller coaster. We don't want to buy another ticket for it, and I know none of you do either. It's been an utter betrayal of Premier Lougheed's vision for the Heritage Fund that we haven't put any money away for future generations. There's a mere $18 billion in there, which is really uh, not any, any more than, than was put in by his government. We've demonstrated that we can change. We have, we have a high, uh, high, uh, uh, efficient high-tech uh, sector. We have craft beer startups and a, a, new, a new cannabis industry that's uh, uh, providing new jobs and diversification. So I want to uh, close by emphasizing that Alberta has a bright future. We have the youngest and most highly educated population in Canada. We are resilient, determined, and hardworking out Albertans will pull together and will get through this current energy price downturn. Alberta Liberals believe in this province and its people. We know there is tremendous opportunity. We stand with you. Together we can achieve this, the success and all of us can enjoy a better quality of life. I really want to thank you for providing me the opportunity to share my vision here with you today. And I'll be happy to answer any questions and uh, I know everyone's probably uh, 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 hoping to get on with, with lunch here. So again, thank you very much. I really appreciate it.